Welcome to Locksmith Talk with Aloha. I'm your podcast host, William Link. Today's episode is Aloha 2022 and beyond. Aloha President Bill Mandelbaum and Executive Director Mary May talk about the upcoming Aloha 2022 convention and where Aloha is going in the post-pandemic environment. So our guests today are Bill Mandelbaum and Mary May. So let me tell you a little bit about each of these Aloha celebrities. Mary May, executive director of Aloha, got her start in the world of associations many years ago. At the time, Mary worked, raised a family, and eventually completed her college education. Now, a longtime Aloha staff member, Mary May started as a clerk in the membership department. Those duties allowed her to learn a great deal about Aloha, its history, and the desires and needs of locksmiths. When Mary began her journey with Aloha, she recalls that all operations were handled manually, no computers, all done with electric typewriters and carbon paper. Mary reminisces, I am sure that many people have not ever seen or heard of it. Now everything is done on computers and data is much easier to access. As with most businesses, much of our data is now stored in the cloud outside the building. Mary concluded with, Aloha has come a long way in the past few decades and so have I. Well, now let's hear a little bit about Bill Mandelbaum. Bill Mandelbaum, CML, the current president of Aloha started his shop part-time in Moore, Oklahoma in 1976 after taking the Locksmithing Institute course. He joined Oklahoma Master Locksmith Association that year. With the urging of Jerry and Layla McNichols, Bill joined Aloha in 1978. In 1981, he moved to Bowling Green, Ohio and went full-time. Jokingly, Bill blames his latest involvement in Aloha on Bobby DeWeese. Bill explains, I was sitting on a plane across from him coming back from an Aloha convention and he said, I should get more involved with Aloha. It's all his fault. Bill served three two-year terms as Northeast Director of Aloha. During that time, he was awarded the Lifetime Achievement Award from Aloha and the Lee Rognan Award from GPLA. Bill served three two-year terms as president of Penn Ohio Locksmith Association and held many other offices in that organization. Bill Mandelbaum also served as president of Key Square International, which is a Masonic organization for Masons who are locksmiths. In Bill's Masonic career, he's been the head of his Blue Lodge, uh, Wood County 112, Chapter, Crystal Chapter 1112, the Council, Bowling Green Council 124, and five times head of the Order of the Eastern Star. Bill also served as president of the Temple Board and is a 56-year member of the Lodge. Bill is currently the ambassador to the Grand Council of Tennessee from the Grand Council of Ohio and has served as dad advisor of the local Demolay chapter, a youth group sponsored by the Masonic Lodge. Coming out of college, Bill worked for the Oklahoma State Health Department as a lab tech. His main job was to do rabies tests. While doing that, Bill started a research animal colony for them. 
He was certified as a laboratory animal technician, the second level of three. And after leaving the health department, he worked as a supervisor of the research animal facility at the University of Oklahoma in Norman, Oklahoma. So welcome to both of you. How are you, Mary? Oh, I'm doing fine, thank you. Excellent. And Bill, how are you doing today? Great, the sun's shining, it's a beautiful day. Exactly. So let's get the elephant in the room out of the way first thing. How did the COVID pandemic affect Aloha as a whole, and in particular, the conventions, education, and membership? Now, Bill, can you speak on the board's role in making sure Aloha continued as a viable entity? And then after that, Mary, maybe you can discuss the same issue related to the conventions, education, and membership. So, Bill, go ahead. I think the only thing that really hurt us besides conventions is mainly the membership. Everybody's watching their pennies. With a pandemic coming in, having to shut down for a while, although most of us did not have to shut down because most of us were essential businesses. When it first came, I called my local sheriff and asked him if I was essential business. When he finally quit laughing, he said, you better be there if I need keys. Guess I'm an essential business at that point. Fortunately, it has not hurt the membership all that much since locksmithing is pretty much immune from the cycles of up and down that everybody else faces. Sure. If it, if it gets bad, people want to protect their, what they have. If it gets good, they buy more stuff and they want to protect that. So that, that worked out. And it also helped a lot when the government gave a lot of money to the, the other government bodies, the everybody else that had money for the COVID thing so that they had to shut down and they spent that on uh, stuff they needed to do. Right. Well, Bill, let me ask you this. If you can think back a couple of years the board itself, did they have to do anything specific to make sure that Aloha continued to be viable? The board did a lot of soul searching when this came up on how we could reduce cost, basically tighten the belt wherever we could. Mm-hmm. We did a lot of stuff. We did not panic, but we took a very serious look at it. Fortunately, people on the board had been on the board before, several years back when Aloha almost went bankrupt. And we're familiar with that. So there was not a real big problem with it, but we did a lot of soul searching at that mm-hmm. time. Sure, sure. And Mary, how did the pandemic affect things like the conventions, education, and membership? Well, you know that we basically had to, quote unquote, cancel the 2020 conventions for both Aloha and SAFTA. Uh, We also had to cancel the 21 show for SAFTA, but we went ahead and were able to hold the Aloha show in Florida, which was successful. As far as the attendance last year, it turned out to be pretty good. We were in Florida and Florida is a good location, whereas we have a lot of people that are able to drive in. And that's one of the things that we're concerned about this year because normally when we're in Las Vegas, a lot of the people are able to drive in from California and all the surrounding states. But with the price of gas as it is now, that's kind of worrisome to us. Mm -hmm. But as far as the convention contracts and things that we had, most of them we were able to get out of because COVID was something that no one could predict or prevent you know, it was pandemic, it was worldwide. So we were able to get out of those. And 
uh, we didn't lose very much deposits. One city we did lose a deposit, which was Kansas City, but not very many hotels were giving back money because they were losing business as well. Mm -hmm. We tried to get it, but we didn't have any luck. Needless to say, Kansas City, which we were going to have in 2020, they did want us to come back and they would allow us to use that deposit for future years. For a few years, the board and staff decided that it would be best that we go to locations or venues that have been proven for the next few years because we can't afford to really take chances. Exactly. So we'll be going alternating Orlando and Las Vegas for a few years, at least through 25. Otherwise, as staff, you know, we did have to sell the headquarters mm -hmm. and that helped us a lot because just the expenses of running a building that size, right? our, our utilities alone, we ran about $64,000 a year. Exactly. So that's just one, one expense. So that is one of the things that we had to do and it was major, the board, you know, everyone agreed that that was something that had to be done, but right. it wasn't just something we just did. We did a lot of research and we think that was a good decision to be made considering right. what's going on now. And what about education during this pandemic? Since you students were not able to attend these conventions, what did Aloha do? Well, we recreated uh, Jim Hancock. He and the education department, they began doing webinars. And they were very successful because people were, weren't able to get away from home. So webinars came in just in time and we had great success with that. And we will be continuing webinars. Uh, we weren't able to hold, you know, we weren't able to hold conventions. We weren't able to hold any of our close classes that we do across country. We weren't able to do any at our training center. So the webinars helped us a lot and it, we're going to continue to do that. That's great. And what about membership? How did that fluctuate during this period? Well, the first year in 2020, it didn't really affect us much because by the time it hit in about February of 2020, most of our members had renewed for 2020. But come 21, we really could feel it and we're still feeling it in 22. But we are offering different promotions and things, trying to get members to come back discounts such as half price off for renewal and entry into drawings for Aloha for the next coming years. Events such as Safe Tech and Aloha Convention and webinars and just all kinds of things we're trying to offer to get people to renew. One of the problems we're having, a lot of our members are retiring. They're, they've gotten old and uh, they are retiring. So that's something we're really trying to do is to get some younger people uh, we've got a membership committee that's been formed and headed by Mark Dawson. Tyler's on there, and they're really working hard to come up with some things to get our membership up. Uh, one of the things they're going to be doing this year is a survey at the convention. They did one at Safe Tech, and they got some pretty good information. Good. Sounds like mm -hmm. we're on the right track. Mm -hmm. Bill, let me ask you this. As a longtime member of the Aloha Board, did you see any panic? regarding Aloha's future during the worst of the pandemic? And then I'm gonna ask Mary that same kind of a question, Bill. No, not really. The board's used to handling tough questions like this and looking at everything coming along. There wasn't really a concern, but there wasn't not really a panic as such. 
everybody just tightened their belt and got busy working and trying to figure out how to get around this and keep Aloha going. So we stayed around. Good. And Mary, uh, the same with you. How about the staff and you? Was there a feeling of panic during this crisis, thinking, oh, this is the demise of Aloha? Oh, no, we never felt that. I've been with the organization quite a long time, and I've seen a lot of ups and downs uh, in the economy, and Aloha's always done well. We did have to reduce our staff by a third. Oh. And most of them were understanding as to why we had to do this. Right, right. Well, okay, enough gloom and doom. Let's break out the old crystal ball and start looking at the future, starting with Aloha 2022. So, Mary, will the education program be back full swing? And I guess, what about the vendors? Are they returning or are there still some holdouts? I guess members and others want to know, are there going to be any exciting incentives that members could receive for renewing their membership or registering for the convention? And maybe non-member incentives. Wow. What do you think, Mary? Well, as far as the exhibitors, they are rather slow. We still have funds from exhibitors that registered for the 2020 who still have not chose to use that money. They didn't use it for 21 and they have not used it for 22. So some of them are still kind of hesitant for whatever reason. Uh, Kelly, who's been handling our exhibits, she says some of them still are talking about the COVID-19. So our numbers are down as far as exhibitors. And we also have the problem with all the mergers and buyouts. Oh, right. I mean, that there is really getting to be more and more of a problem. And as we um, know, all, all around the country, Mary and Bill, we're having staffing problems everywhere. Just there mm-hmm. are not enough employees to handle the things that need to be done. And so I'm assuming even exhibitors might have trouble finding their own employees to go to the show and handle that with their business. You think that could be something affecting this? I do think that that has something to do with it because we, uh, a lot of the contact information that we had for exhibitors prior to the pandemic is no longer good. So we're really having problems. I guess a lot of those positions haven't been filled. And it's probably for the reason you just mentioned, as far as promotions. As I mentioned, we are doing half off uh, trying to get people to renew who have not paid for 22, giving them a 50% discount for this oh. year's dues. And we're also entering them, like I say, in drawing so that they can get free classes at next year's convention or some of the other events that we sponsor throughout the year. Oh, so we're doing things that we can to get people there. And those same drawings apply to getting people to attend the convention as well. What about non-members? There's so many non-members and Are there any incentives to get them to come and possibly join? Mm, Well, same thing. We're waiving the application. Well, not waiving the application fee because we we have to, that application fee is used for our background checks. So we're, we're kind of like cutting that in half. It's normally $70. So we're going to charge $35 for that. And oh. then we also give them uh, 50% off the dues, which would carry, if they join, they will be a current member to December of 23. So that's a pretty good incentive. Very good. Well, Bill, let me ask you, what will the board be doing during ALOA 2022? 
to help create excitement about being or becoming an ALOA member? And how can attendees find board members if they want to discuss ideas or ask questions? What do you think, Bill? As Mary said, right now we're taking surveys at the different classes and we'll be taking the survey, same survey at the convention, trying to find this, trying to figure out exactly what the members want now. This, is, this has become a very, has always been a very hard thing to do because people don't like to fill out surveys. And yet if you don't fill out a survey, how do we know what you want and what you don't want? One of the real positives right now is Tyler Thomas is putting Brett Camp's inventory of Keynotes magazines on a searchable database. Brett Camp had Keynotes magazine back from the very first issue all the way up. And this is a huge project that Tyler's taken on besides running his business, trying to get all this stuff on there. He's, he's doing a good job of it now. This will let the members go in and actually look back through all the articles in Keynotes which will be a big help in them trying to do any kind of jobs. Right. Uh, over the years, the staff has tried to give members many new benefits. We had one time we had a special financing on new vans. That did not work out well. People really didn't want to go with a particular type of van. They wanted their own on everything. So we had to discontinue that. We've gotten health insurance finally and start to refine that down some. So you can get group health insurance through a low one now for your employees and all if you have employees. The magazine lists in the very front page of the magazine, if you look, it lists all the email addresses for all the board members. So if any member needs to get hold of any board member, email addresses are right there. They can contact them through that email address. That's well, one way to reach out, the, one way to reach out if you have any questions at all. Sure. At the convention, if you have any questions, all you have to do is ask at the registration desk, and they can get hold of your board member and have them get back to you. If the board member does not get back to you or they can't answer it, Mary or I, one, can get back to you and probably answer it. Okay. The okay. other one down there on the board meetings, by federal law, all board meetings have to be open. The only exception to that, if it goes, if the board meeting goes into executive session to discuss finances or purchase a property or something, then you can have a closed meeting. Otherwise, it's open to anybody. Anybody wants to come, they can come. Not really questions. If, if you want to attend it, you can just show up and you can attend it. If it's a Zoom meeting, you'd have to notify headquarters that you would like to attend, but that's it. Sure. You don't have to pay for it or anything like that. Just notify them you'd like to attend the meeting and you can attend it. So at the convention, the general membership meeting for all members, and I understand even non-members can attend the general meeting. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. And do you know when that will be? Which day of the, uh, the week in July that that will be? I believe it is Friday. That's Friday morning. Okay, good. Good. So if they can't, they don't see you on the, the floor after that, they can plan at the meeting ahead of time to ask their questions either to the entire group or personally to their own board member if they should so choose, correct? Yep, because they will all be there. So that would be a, that'd be a good time if you want to get hold of them in person. That'd be a very good time to get hold of them. Okay. Well, let's glance deeper into that crystal ball for a moment. What is the future of ALOA? A lot of members want to know that. What will the education look like? How about the convention's membership? Any changes being discussed? With a lot of members that will not travel to conventions, 
who are not close to their own backyard, are there any, any kind of plans to regionalize? I know that topic has come up before. And any thoughts on more divisional shows, such as that of SAVTA, IAIL, IAAL, AIL, et cetera? Uh, Mary, what do you think about that? Well, I think, you know, like you say, there has been a lot of discussion on regional shows. I know with our new division, the IAAL, which is the automotive division, we're planning to hold something, hopefully, in this coming fall, if everything works out. It seems like a lot of our members are into automotive right now. The other divisions, there's no plans for them at this time, as far as regional shows. Aloha, we will continue to research bringing shows closer to the members. We tried a few years ago, okay, maybe 10 years ago, to hold one up in the Northwest. We went through some planning and stuff for that, but it just fell through. No, there was not enough interest. Right. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've noticed that on other websites, people think that putting a convention together is just a very simple last minute thing. And I think, Mary, you can tell everyone that that's not how it's done. <laughs> Our conventions have been very successful. And I think that success is partially due to the tremendous planning and advanced planning. Tell us just a little about that. Oh, okay. Yeah, there is quite a bit involved in a show. But what we do is once the board decides where they want the future events to be, then the staff goes out and puts out what they call RFPs to get proposals in those different cities that the board has told us they want those events. And then if those cities are interested in us holding an event there, they'll get back with us with a proposal that meets our requirements or our specs. Right. And then after that, you know, it's a lot of back and forth as far as they're going to want us to have a minimum amount of nights by the members or the attendees. And we have to have a minimum amount of nights. And we also, we have to guarantee we're going to spend so much on food and beverage. And that usually runs like a hundred to a hundred some thousand dollars. And yeah. so people wonder why we charge what we do. Those are the things that we have to do in order to put those events on. A lot of reasons they charge us is because we hold classes and stuff for five or six days. So we're tying up their rooms. They can't use them on any, for any other event. So there's a lot of planning involved and we do that years out. Right mm-hmm. now we've got a contract already. We've uh, got it for 25 for Orlando, Aloha. Uh, Safe Tech, I'm working on 24 for, you know, Safe Tech. So those things are done way out. We can't just Hey, next year, say next year, we want to be in San Francisco. No, it doesn't work that way. (laughs) Right, right. And I know a lot of people have have said, well, why are the places chosen? Why not do it here? Why not do it there? And what I don't think they understand is that there's a lot of factors that going in to deciding a location. It's not arbitrary. Airports, the Mm -hmm. ability to get to airports, the type of hotels, the size of the facility for the convention. You want to add anything to that? No, I mean, those are the major regions, that's what you said, that lift, uh, having the ability to bring people into those locations is one of the major things. If somebody wants something in Cincinnati, then we've got to make sure we've got enough people signed up for hotels in Cincinnati and enough people going to come to Cincinnati. Otherwise, Aloha has to pay those facilities a certain amount of money if the people don't show up. They don't right. just let us off the hook. No, we we have paid thirty, forty, fifty thousand, sixty thousand dollars 
if we don't meet the minimums right. that we've agreed upon. Well, Bill, you've been on the board for a long time. Do you want to add anything to the choice of a location for the conventions? In choosing a location, you got to understand that a lot of these, we need a, a convention hotel big enough to put it on with enough rooms. But at the same time, we get to the bigger hotels, we're small potatoes. The Lowell Convention is a small convention, according to what they have. They have the people who were in Vegas last year. They had that rodeo there. That place was packed with people from the rodeo. And here we were, a little bitty convention there at the same time. It, they would rather have these big ones that they can really pack it in. The hotel can make a whole lot of money on and they have a smaller convention they don't make as much on. Right. So this kind of limits what hotels will even bid for us. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Makes sense. Bill, since I've got you here online, what do you think, from your position, is the future of Aloha? I think it looks good. We've managed to get through the worst of this pandemic. Things are coming back. I just got back about two or three weeks ago from Elf over in Italy. They had a very good convention over there, even though they have the pandemic still going over there somewhat. They seem to have a lot of people there. Their exhibitors were all back, and they seem to be doing very well. Mm-hmm. Orlando, we made a profit on, which not a whole lot of profit, but we still made a profit, which is good. I mean, it didn't want to be a big loss. Was that SafeTech? SafeTech made a profit. The same thing, not a huge one, but people are starting to come back. I think they're they're getting tired of sitting at home. They want to come back and they want to visit their friends. And this is helping out a lot. Right, right. Well, we all know that the pandemic, as we talked about earlier, forced a great deal of changes, one of which was the sale of the headquarters building on Easy Street. Ouch. Can you, Mary, tell us what thoughts went into that decision? You alluded to it earlier. Are there any plans on Aloha owning a building again? Some members want to know that. And if so, Will it contain classrooms or just office? Will it be in Dallas? What say you, Mary? (laughs) We are looking for another location. We're not going to be in too big of a hurry to get it because Mm -hmm. there's still a lot of uncertainty as far as shows coming back and as far as membership increases. One of the problems that we have is YouTube and things like that. I mean, everybody goes to YouTube for everything. And the younger people, a lot of them don't want to join anything. So, you know, we are just being very, uh, you know, we're just, yes, cautious. (laughs) We're being very cautious. We've got a committee that's been formed that works specifically on that. That same committee worked together before we even sold the building. So we're looking right now in the Dallas area. That's, I mean, of course, that's where we want to stay. Uh, Real estate is very expensive and we want to get somewhere where we can get away from the high taxes. We were in the Dallas County area and the taxes were so high that that was, it was just as bad as, it was costing us as much as the utilities each year. So uh, we're trying to find a location with less taxes, but we are just going to take our time. We're going to do start our major search after the Aloha Convention. We want to see how it goes. Sure. Mm-hmm. Bill, from your perspective on the board and the board's discussion of this, did you want to add anything uh, into that? And from my personal point of view, I think the sale of the Easy Street property was good. We had an ideal time. 
we managed to get the maximum amount of money we get out of it. Part of the problem is you had to look at the location of that. The Easy Street location was built on an old riverbed. Anytime you build anything on sand, if you get bad weather like Dallas has periodically, that sand's going to start trying to shift. Right. One time we had to raise one floor up a bit. We had cracks in the wall that were starting to develop occasionally that had to be fixed. Mm -hmm. And it was just a constant upkeep on the building that way. As far as the buying a new building, part of what we're looking at is the fact that the uh, models for businesses is changing right now. More people have learned that they can work from home, and a lot of businesses are looking at, even when they're coming back, as having a hybrid working situation where you may do two or three days at home and two or three days back in the office. So we may not need all the office space we had before. The staff likes working from home. It saves gas and everything else. And as long as we get all the work done and there's no detriment to it, I don't see a downside to it, really. Right. Mary, what does your staff think about working from home? What are their feelings? <laughs> well, they all enjoy it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> for sure, because if you've been in Dallas, you know, no matter where you live, just getting to the headquarters was a nightmare to and from. And, it, and that's going to be where, no matter where the location is in the Dallas area, it's growing so that uh, the infrastructure is really not there. And so it's just... They like working from home, believe me. <laughs> sure. Well, as, as Bill said, you know, things have changed and are changing now with the workplace. And we may not need a large building with all kinds of offices, maybe cubicles, maybe a smaller area, and maybe not staff in all the time. So I'm assuming that's being looked at and researched to find out what's going to be the best fit for our association. So we will see. Yep. Okay, one last chance for both of you experts to tell us what things can be done, or let's say, let's put it this way. Here's the challenge. Make your best pitch as to why members should renew, old members should rejoin, and non-members, maybe on the fence, should take a chance on becoming members. Because as we all know, membership is extremely important in any organization. So... What do you say? Bill, let's start with you. Membership, why should people want to join? First, we're the only national voice for locksmiths. I know at times some members not feel we're like we're doing enough, but we try to represent all locksmiths to better the vocation as far as we can, given the finances we have to work with. We're a nonprofit classification, so we are an educational entity. We have to put on classes because otherwise the IRS would take away our tax-exempt mm-hmm. status on it. And we try to do this with classic conventions. One of the benefits of this is the most locksmiths learn best by hands-on. Right. One of the benefits is a bonding program. If you ever had anybody ask, are you bonded? A lower locksmith can say, yes, I am. That, that satisfies that to somewhat extent. Some places want more of a bond than what we offer. Not much we can do with that, but we do offer a bond there so that you can say you are bonded. Don't forget certifications. Yeah, I'm going to get to that. The okay, okay. main benefit outside the class or the contacts you make, if you get active, you get a huge number of people that you can rely on. If somebody calls you and you're in your shop, somebody calls you and says, hey, how do I do this? If you don't know who they are, you're not going to tell them over the phone how to do a job. Right. But if it, it calls up and say, hey, Bill, this is Bill Link, you know, how do I do this? I'd be very happy to tell you over the phone exactly how to do it. Mm-hmm. This is the benefit of going to the conventions and all and actually belonging, getting active in it, 
get to where you know the people, the contacts are there. And the contacts mean a lot. Over the years, I've met many locksmiths through Aloha and called good friends. Without Aloha, I probably would never have met them. Proctor, I've proctored many of the PRP tests. The main thrust of the PRP is to teach you what you don't know. It's not to impress somebody with how much you know, it's to teach you how much you don't know. Almost everybody I know of that's ever taken it has failed at least one of the tests at some time or another. This is not saying you're ignorant or something. It just teaches you you need to know more about this. Aloha is the only place you're going to get this education. Mary mentioned YouTube. Eh, YouTube may be great. I've seen, mm -hmm. I've learned stuff off of YouTube. But the problem is you have to have an educational background, understand whether the person doing the YouTube is just blowing smoke or whether they really know what they're talking about. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of bad information on the Internet and on YouTube. You have to know how to decipher through it. Oh, yeah, because otherwise you can really screw up a job, really cost you money there because somebody didn't know what they were doing and tried to impress you with how much they knew. That's about it. Uh, education and contacts are the main thing for the lower membership. Right. Well, I'm going to turn this over to Mary. And one thing I wanted to add first is that I know that in any organization, if a member feels valued, they're going to be more likely to remain a member and be active. It's when there's no feeling of connection that there could be a problem. So I'm hoping that Aloha will come up with even more ways to allow members to participate, volunteer, and be connected to the organization to keep it stronger. So Mary, any, any ideas on how we can strengthen our membership? The members, we reach out to them in so many ways. We, are, we don't get a lot of response. We just had our annual election and we only had about 300 and some people participate. Oh. And, and that's not just one time we're sending something for them to vote. It's every week for a month. And we still only uh, ended up with over 300, a little over 300 people participate. And that's about the number of people that we get for everything that we send out. Wow. Uh, we just do not get participation. It's in the ones that do participate. It's the same people over and over. We love to hear from the members. Uh, a lot of them we only hear from when if there's a problem. But when it comes to responding to what we send them, what we ask them, or a lot of them, we send a magazine out each month, we send emails, and they'll just, they'll even unsubscribe because they don't want to get our emails. Uh -huh. So that's a real problem. If, you know, and when we do ask, you know, what can we do for you? You know, what is it you want? A lot of them will say, I get everything I need. I'm not able to go to conventions and things like that for the training, but other than that, I get what I want. Another important benefit of being a member of Aloha is to find a locksmith site. A lot of members get business from consumers who are looking for a locksmith. You may not, I don't know if you have or not, mm -hmm. but when you type in find a locksmith or I'm looking for a locksmith, our site comes up. And yeah, so it yeah. gets quite a bit of traffic. We have opportunity for the members to purchase a larger listing if they want to. Mm -hmm. You're still going to be listed. But if you want a better listing, you're able to do that. That's and that's good. a very important benefit. As well as we send out a membership card and certificate every year. What other organization can you belong to that's going to send you a membership card and certificate every year? It's a lot of work involved in getting those things. 
Sure. But a lot of the jobs that some of the locksmiths go to require some type of identification. And mm-hmm. so we do send that. That's a great benefit. If you completed that bond and you can have the word bonded on your membership card, mm-hmm. that says a lot. So a lot of benefits like that that people don't even think about. Members come to the conventions and participate in our classes. They get substantial discounts by being a member. Non-members pay more. So if there are benefits that we have and have had, and we try to send things out every year telling people what, what we have. And we have them listed on the site, but people, some of them just don't see the information or don't visit the site or don't send what, see what we send out. Right. So we just want to stress to people that, hey, Aloha does have benefits. If there's other benefits that you think that you that we could have, that we would definitely try to get them. Now, we get a lot of requests for bank services or merchant services, and we've tried that in the past, but a lot of people don't read the small print. Mm-hmm. So when they sign up for those things and the rate goes up, then they're mad at a lower. So we kind of yeah. staying away from those type of things. Sure. Uh, we do have benefits and we're always looking for more. Very good. Well, from what I've just heard, it sounds like the future of Aloha is very bright. Even with the pandemic that faced us, we got through that. And there's a lot of positives here from what I've heard and a lot more to be done and a lot more benefits that are out there for everyone. So I'd like to thank everyone for participating, uh, Bill and Mary and our listeners. Thanks so much for listening to Locksmith Talk with Aloha. As your podcast host, William Link, until next time, stay well.